Hello and welcome to The Student Space, a podcast for students about high school, life after school, and how to actually be an adult. In this episode, I chat with Stefan, who is in his final year of arts and secondary education at Monash University. We chat about the structure of the double degree course, his placement experience, and advice for anyone thinking of becoming a secondary teacher. Before we jump into the chat, I want to respectfully acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which I'm recording this podcast and pay my respects to the elders past and present of the Rwandri people of the Kulon Nations. Welcome, Stefan, to the student space. I'm so excited to chat with you today about your double degree arts and education at Monash University. But before we do get into it, like I ask everyone, I've just got three random questions just to get to know you. You can kind of say it's a bit of an icebreaker. Cool. So first thing, when you were younger, what did you want to be? Um, obviously, firstly, thank you for having me. Um, Anytime. What did I want to be when I was little? Um, I think the earliest thing I remember is being like an astronaut. Love it. I thought that was cool. I thought, honestly, I would still take that. I think, um, yeah, that still sounds fun to me. Hey, but, it's never too late. Yeah. You can go back to a aerospace engineering degree. Sure. <laughs> um, what about the last book that you read? Um, I think... So a lot of lockdown last year, I spent reading like classic science fiction books. So from astronaut, you can kind of see yep. it's like a passion of mine. Um, it's called Ender's Game. It's like a classic book. Highly recommend. Cool. And the most used app on your phone currently? Um, I think probably Instagram. I'm trying to sort of ease myself off it a little bit. Probably use it more than I should. But yeah, it's probably the most used one. Yeah. Look, I think that's everyone. Even me too. I need it. I always set like a limit to try get off my phone, and then I always say ignore limit for today. Ignore. <laughs> anyway, um, but yes, let's talk about your high school days. So, what was your high school experience like? What were your favorite subjects? Tell me about that. Okay, so high school, I felt really comfortable at school as an environment. I think that's partly where I came to choose teaching as what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. I always felt sort of comfortable being at school. Not everybody is like that. Um, but it always felt like a good fit for me. Um, in terms of my favorite subjects, I have two. That's okay. Um, first one is, I'm talking about like year 12 subjects here. So first one is media because it was always like the escape subject. The um, fun one, as you like to say, right? I won't say the easy one because that takes away of it. Definitely. But the fun one, yeah, definitely. So, um, especially because in so many other classes, it's like reading, writing, write the test. Yeah. Whereas in media... You go out and film things with your friends. You find music to put together in a video and edit it. It's like so many unique forms of assessment that you don't see in other classes. So that was really fun. Yep. And then the other one is biology, um, which is like very different to media, obviously. But it was my favorite because you ever watch like nature documentaries and like you watch it and every episode they tell you something amazing about nature. Yeah. That's what it felt like when I walked into class. I kind of treated it like a story or like a documentary. That is so cool. And I think, yeah, like, sorry, one more thing. It's like, no, go, keep going. With science stuff, when you go into teaching, you realize there is like a research background to it. So having that some form of science behind me was pretty helpful. Absolutely. And at school, did you have aspirations for uni? In year 12, did you know what you wanted to do the next year? Honestly, I only picked halfway through year 12. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember exactly how I came upon the decision to pick teaching. I think I just looked around me and saw that I really admired my teachers 
and I knew that I didn't want to do something like an office type position and teaching was something that stuck out to me and the thought grew on me over time but yeah I didn't decide till probably July of year 12. Awesome what do you remember what your other preferences were? I remember I had like so it was the one at Monash was the highest one which thankfully I got into I had a few more ones which had like a lower entry ATAR and then underneath that I had just as like a safety net some media stuff because I knew I liked the subject in year 12 so I had that but I was really gunning for teaching. Yeah totally and so you mentioned media you mentioned biology what other VCE subjects did you do and how did you choose them? Oh uh, yeah so my brother did this as well we both had a method to how we picked year 12 stuff and Ooh, it's because we were both tell super us. like indecisive about what we wanted to do with uni so we both kind of did one of everything. Yep. So as you know, when you're trying to pick a course, there's lots of entry requirements. It might be like a maths or an English or something. Usually it's above 30 study score. Yep. So we tried to tick all the boxes. So I did a language in year 11, the three, four, which was Indonesian. I finished that in year 11. So I had a language under my belt. And then in year 12, I did English. Obviously I did math methods because it's good to do further, but methods can be the required one for a lot of courses. I did a science, which was biology. Yep. Media gets counted as a folio subject. Um, so that's a requirement for some of the artsy stuff. Yep. And then I also did history revs because, you know, why not just throw in like a really annoying challenge in there too. But I was interested in it. And that's my major at, um, in terms of my arts degree at uni as well. That's cool. Was that all of them? I yeah. Think so. Yeah. Kind of funny. You have one of each of the areas and I, yeah, why not? Get a good breadth of knowledge, I guess. So as if I like decided so halfway through year 12 to do something, I wouldn't be like, oh, but I don't have the requirement anymore. So I felt more comf- like comfortable, confident doing that. Definitely. Very smart thing to do, actually. And now you mentioned that you decided that you wanted to do teaching halfway through year 12. In that time, did you see any careers counsellors? Were there like open days that you went to? How did you go about making the decision? It was kind of like I had the idea for teaching, but being sort of an indecisive person in year 12, I wanted to strengthen that idea. So I really have it like I have a distinct memory of going to the Monash Careers Expo during year 12. Yep. And I had this idea of, oh, I'm going to go see this person talk about teaching because I'm not quite sure. But then I listened to some of the talks about teaching at the careers expo and it made me feel a lot more confident because it made it more of like a real thing like you can read the books about enrolling and stuff and read the website but to have someone passionate talk about it I was like I walked out and thought yes I can feel good that I'm going to enroll in this one definitely and you know what it's good to have that feeling because if you're not feeling empowered or inspired then maybe that course isn't for you but you definitely didn't feel that of course you were you were ready to go Because like year 12, it's going to always like throw you off. You have like so much homework and stuff going on in the background. You're never going to feel like super good about your future because it seems so strange to think about. But going to a careers expo or something like that, yeah, made me feel better. Yeah, for sure. And that's some advice to anyone listening as well. If you are not sure, I know, I don't know what the world will be in this year with COVID if we can go to the uni. But definitely go get out there and talk to the representatives because that will make or break whether you want to do the course or not. I want to mention that you did very well in VCE. Congratulations. You scored a great ATAR, a very high ATAR. With that ATAR, did you feel pressure to choose a course that was a higher ATAR? Interesting. Um, I know this is like a big contentious issue, so I'll spend a little bit on it. 
um, I was very lucky in my school environment and my home environment when I said, oh, I'd like to do teaching to my parents, my teachers, everybody was very supportive of the idea. Not everybody has, is lucky enough to have that environment, unfortunately. Um, and I can definitely see how there is a lot of pressure for those high achievers, especially in schools which prioritize achievement over um, what students' interests are, maybe. Definitely. Um, so I do... So yeah, my mom, my dad, my teachers were all like, yeah, go for it. You'd be a great teacher. And I was grateful for that. But when I began my teaching degree, I definitely bumped into people who said, oh, what was your ATAR? And I'd tell them um, and they'd be surprised, impressed, whatever. And then they'd ask what I'd be studying. And I said, teaching. And a few of them were maybe offended, for lack of a better word. They kind of took it um, not so well that someone with that ATAR would be studying something like teaching, which a lot of people consider um, an easier degree, a less, I'm not sure the word for it. Um, I remember one person particularly asking me, why would you enroll in something that's going to give you such a low paying job when you could be doctor, lawyer, um, into science, things like that, which was kind of hurtful, but yeah. Look, it's definitely a huge, I'd say, topic today that goes around in schools. We often equate um, a higher ATAR course to mean, say, more prestigious or higher paying or better in, you know, air quotes, when in actual fact, when we follow our passions, we can be just as successful, just as earn just as much money, no matter what it is, because this ATAR is just a number. It's just what helps us get in to the courses. Anyway, so you get into Monash, you start a double degree of arts and teaching just quickly. To combine both degrees, what was the idea around doing arts as well as teaching? So if, especially, or if you're doing secondary education at Monash, which I am, it's a requirement that you do a double degree with arts and education. Yep. Um, the reason behind that is whatever your major and minor is in arts becomes your disciplines or your methods for your teaching degree. So I did my major in history um, and my minor in psych. So I finished that arts degree off last year. And that's what I'm carrying through as what I might teach or what I'm qualified to teach um, when I graduate from this fourth year. Definitely. Cool. Um, why did you pick high school as opposed to primary school teaching? It's kind of funny. Um, I think there's a lot of different um, pressures that comes with being a primary school teacher versus secondary school. I was actually placed in a primary school for my first year, partly because they didn't have enough spots to fill in other secondary schools. And also the justification was like, you can see what a grade six looks like before they head off into year seven. I was like, oh, interesting. Fair enough. The placement mostly consisted of me playing soccer with the kids at lunchtime. But that's so that's fun. Beyond the point. Um, why I picked secondary over primary is I think um, my specialty lies more in kind of what we do at a tertiary level with reading into things, analyzing things uh, at more of a secondary level. At primary school, you're teaching kids like to read for the first time and um, there's a lot of ma behavior management and things involved with dealing with young children. Um, I have a huge amount of respect for primary school teachers. I think I'm more suited to the secondary area. I don't know if I could do the primary school. I definitely love to give it a try, but I think I fall, uh, my skills fall more into that category of secondary education. Awesome. And now thinking about your first week or perhaps your first day of university, how did you find the transition as a high school student and now a uni student? 
I remember my first day of uni. So whenever you have like a first day of school, I was taught you have to take a photo. So there was nobody home that morning. So I set my phone up on self timer <laughs> and I put my backpack on with the two straps and I stood by the door. I love it. And I did my first day of uni photo. At that point, it just felt like a normal school day of high school. Uh, maybe a little bit more childish than your year 12 was like, but <laughs> that's just me as a person. Um, the transition was good because there was enough people who came from my high school and I'll be upfront now, I'm not the most extroverted person. So in those first couple of years, I relied on having people from high school around me and that made me more comfortable. And then in terms of like dealing with how learning happens at uni versus at high school, they always say like, I'll oh, prepare in year 11 to be a good studier because it prepares you for year 12. I think that carries forward into first year uni as well. If you're confident with things like um, they set homework, they set extra readings, go check them out and pick out the things that you think are going to fit for the next week's class. That's a skill that makes um, your uni shoots a lot more seamless, um, like the transition that is. Absolutely. Do you find it was more self-directed as opposed to high school where your teachers are on your back as hand in your homework, where's this, we've got a test? Yeah, definitely. I'll tell So my brother started first year uni um, last week and he realized that he had um, enrolled in like the wrong unit. So the unit people told him, you don't need to do this one if you don't want to do full on accounting, just enroll into the more general one. And he told me like, he was very confused about the fact that if he was changing units, he didn't have to attend the units of his old class. I'm like, you don't have to go. You realize that, right? He was very much stuck in like the high school mentality of, I have to go to every class. I have to do exactly what they say. Whereas uni's really just not like that at all. There's people who by week five, you will never see again. Personally, I wouldn't recommend that, but um, it definitely is more self-directed in, nobody's gonna like check, if they're gonna check attendance, but if you don't come, nobody's gonna follow up on you. Absolutely. It's almost your responsibility to be there and show up and whatever amount of effort you put in is what you'll get out of it, of course. Now, do you have any tips for students who are starting uni or a degree and not knowing anyone because I understand it can be very daunting, especially if you are not so extroverted. How could someone settle in or make friends? Yeah, so like I said, um, when it comes to things like clubs, societies, I wasn't the most uh, engaged person in those kind of activities. But I can tell you my approach, because I guess you'll have people on the podcast who are super into all that stuff, and you'll hear that from them. But for me, um, being much more of a maybe sort of an academic person, I found friends through the classes that I went to. So very early on, I got very good at searching the library, finding the textbooks, getting the readings done, getting my head around how an assignment worked. And my approach to making friends was kind of like, I can help you with that assignment. If you're struggling with that part of the reading, um, I'll find you after class and say, hey, I actually read that last week and I had this good idea. I'm not going to use it, but I can talk to you about it. Uh, maybe we can spend some time after class. So my approach to making friends was very much centered on being in the classroom. And that's especially true because teaching is a very specialist degree, right? So the cohort you carry through all four years, whereas arts is huge. You might be in a class with someone and then never see them again. Education specialists, you're going to see them pretty much your whole uni career. And you can build friendships that way through the content that you share in class together, like a shared interest. Absolutely. Now, you did touch on the structure um, about having the education subjects with the same people and then arts, of course, people can come and go. But more specifically, how much were you on uni? What were your contact hours like, let's say, in your first year? 
I think I was pretty lucky. So I'll say up front for anybody looking into education, one of the main pros is pretty much across all the universities, we don't have exams towards the end of the year. I can definitely vouch for that. I'm also doing education and having no exams means we finish a little bit earlier than everyone. Yeah, so that's a big plus and it takes a lot of stress away from your regular contact hours. That being said, the hours themselves are pretty good. So in my first year, I did four units per semester. Each unit had an hour long lecture and an hour long tutorial, sometimes two hours. So even just with that, it's only about eight hours, but that's the absolute maximum, right? Yeah. So even then we were starting to do online lectures. Um, it wasn't as common, but now pretty much every lecture is gonna be online and you can watch it in your own time. So you can take pretty much those four hours away and put them on the weekend or at night, whenever you like. And you can watch them at 1.5 times speed and it's not an hour anymore, right? Exactly. Um, so yeah, contact hours, at least for my degree, weren't such a big scary thing. And it's been like that ever since, more or less. Maybe not as much this year, fourth year's a little bit trickier, but yeah. Awesome, we'll, we'll get to fourth year, we'll chat about it later. That's cool. But um, how closely did any of the subjects you'd taken at high school relate to what you're doing now? Say, for example, you did revs, is that? specific to what you're learning in your arts degree um so how close was revs to like my history major yeah um i'd say the ways of learning are quite similar so it's very heavy on reading and quoting and looking at different historians perspectives uh the subject matter is often different so we look at revolutions in year 12 and that's certainly available as a unit or two at monash i believe but um, I looked at all sorts of history, so I did. I didn't look at ancient history as much. It was more 20th century history, uh, Middle Ages, the Renaissance, things like that. You look at so many different things within that major. Psychology, I didn't actually take at year 12, but from what I've heard, the content is quite similar. It's just a lot more focused on not taking a textbook that's, well, not dumbed down necessarily, but simplified for a student perspective. You're looking directly at what a researcher has written for their colleagues and peers, um, which kind of makes you feel more professional. It takes away that sort of imposter syndrome and makes you feel like you are the psychologist, you are the scientist, you are the historian. And Love then teaching it. stuff is like, well, we don't learn how to teach at school, uh, school obviously. <laughs> it more felt like um, or feels like taking your high school experience, reflecting on it and looking at it in completely different ways. But it feels familiar, but you didn't learn it in that way, obviously. Gotcha. Awesome. And then in your degree, um, no matter when it is, second, third, fourth year, are there any subjects that you can pick that are fun electives outside of arts and outside of teaching? Yeah. So um, with teaching, there was one elective that I got to choose, which I ended up doing a unit about inclusive education, mm -hmm. um, which was fun for one thing but also like very insightful and something you have to focus on in a completely different degree if you want to do it in its entirety but i was happy to see that there's not too much wiggle room in teaching because it is a very specialist course so they map it out for you pretty um distinctly with arts there's a lot more you can do with electives and stuff so i got to look at some of the media stuff that i had been wanting to look at if i didn't do teaching so i did like a film studies unit a media communications thing um, I did an English literature unit because a lot of my friends from education did that and I had a free unit. So I said, why not? I'll give it a try. Um, yeah. So there was a little bit of stuff like that and that was fun. 
awesome. It actually just breaks up the cycle as well. So if you're, I'm not going to say bored, but if you're in a bit of a rut at uni and it's the same type of thing, you do have the um, flexibility to choose something different as well. It's, yeah, refreshing. Yeah. Now, let's talk about your fourth year. So the fourth year is the final year at Monash because it, the arts teaching degree um, is four years. What's different this year as opposed to what you previously were doing? How is it a step up? So firstly, uh, the arts degree is over. Everything you do is education focused now, um, which kind of explains the whole year in general. It's very much a focused year. You see a lot of people around all the same classes. Because it's an honours year at Monash, you have to write an honours paper as part of your graduation. So there are four units for, or two units for that, one in semester one, one in semester two, that carry you through that entire process. It's one big assignment over a whole year, which is daunting, but um, interesting. Um, what else is different? Um, the contact hours aren't too different, but the need to go to classes, I would say, is a little bit higher. You kind of want to be there. You want to pay attention a little bit more than you might have been in previous years because you've got to, I guess, finish out strong, at least in my perspective. Yeah, definitely. And now I know a huge part of teaching degrees requires placement experience. So you did touch on your first placement. You actually went to a school. Um, and even though it was secondary, you went to a primary school. Um, what were the requirements like during uni? How was it spaced out, you know, first, second, third, fourth year? Yeah, so um, one thing that concerns a lot of people, I guess, is that you have uni going on in the background while you're doing your placements. I'll talk a little bit about that. So with your education units, so within the education faculty, they know exactly when each year is going on placement and they'll pause the units for that period of time, which so you don't have to worry about half of your units already. They're paused for you and the assignments are blocked out so you don't have to do them during that time. The arts units obviously can't account for you going on placement for, from a completely different faculty. So it's a little bit trickier. In first, second, third year, you're only, or at Monash at least, you only do 10 days a year. So you're only missing out two full weeks of university. Usually it'll be about week four, week five. Yep. Um, nonetheless, that's two weeks of tutes that you're missing out on and readings that you have to do after getting home every day from like nine o'clock in the morning to 4.30 whenever school finishes. It's tricky. What I found I could do is kind of just step back. It sounds bad to say, but kind of doing the bare minimum with the arts units and doing it well. So instead of trying to push yourself to do everything and all the extra readings and stuff, just make sure you get some time to watch the lecture in the background. Um, if you can email the tutor and say, well, obviously you have to email the tutor every way, every either way and say, hi, um, I'm going to be on placement for the next two weeks. One good thing is that the university has to give you um, has to give you attendance marked as like um, I can't come, so you won't get marked down if your class is attendance based. They like it's they or legally or whatever can't stop you from going on placement for your other classes. Um, That's really so, good to know. Yeah, because you don't want to be stressing about oh no I'm missing my um, other degrees I'm missing out things in my arts degree when you've got. You know, you can obviously feel really nervous going on placement and you have to prepare, you're in a new environment. So it's just like one less thing to worry about, of course. Yeah. The only other thing I could say is when I do my English literature unit, you had to read like a lot of short stories um, and I was on placement during the time and I didn't have time to like read books. So one thing I did and I thought this was pretty smart 
I downloaded the audio books and then it was a 40 minute drive to placement and I would listen to the books on the way there and back from the school. Um, and I actually ended up reading or listening to more of the books than people who didn't go on placement read. Oh, um, very smart. So if you have a textbook that you can dictate off your phone or anything that's audio based that you can convert from a reading, I would suggest that it, because you're not doing anything in the car anyway, it gets pretty tiresome after a while. So you can use your time there. Good point. Now, are your placements at a variety of different places? So we have, obviously you had your primary environment, but do you get private, public, co-educational, or even like Catholic schools? Do you get a range? Yeah. So for the most part, it's a luck of the draw. So the only thing that you can really modify in the placement um, application that you fill out basically is whether or not you drive. And that'll say, if you need to take public transport, we'll put you at a school that's at a reasonable distance via public transport. Otherwise, it's pretty much anywhere. Um, I did a public school in second year. It was a public school. It was meant to be in third year as well. I only did two days before lockdown kicked in and and I wasn't able to continue that. And it'll be at a selective school this year. So yeah, huge range. And it really comes down to the mentor teacher that you have as well. So all different subjects. You're guaranteed one of your disciplines in fourth year. So I'll either be with a history or psych teacher this year, but it can be anybody before that. Wow. So uh, what were those experiences? Did you go English class, humanities, history? What were they? So... Second year, I got put with a methods teacher, which Wait, and math is not even your area? It was my area in year 12. I took it, but it was my, yeah, it was my worst subject in year 12. Um, So my first day of placement, he handed me a big year 11 textbook and said, you know, get familiar with it, do a couple of, do this chapter, this chapter. I was basically doing homework in his off period (laughs) when we were just sitting in the office. I was like doing his last quiz that his, um, I came back to me-ish. Um, I think some of the better students in the class um, were definitely running circles around me, but it forced me to learn on the spot more about um, teaching method rather than, or practice rather than like content knowledge. 100%. That is so true because, um, and I know this is just my experience as well in teaching, you can be thrown into anything on placement and it's not about, for example, how much you know in legal studies or how much you know in methods. It's about how you can teach and how you can control the class and I guess give it a go when it's out of your comfort zone. Yeah, and I think one of the marks of a good teacher is if a student asks them a question, they don't know the answer, they don't lie through their teeth and come up with a half right answer that could just confuse the student, it's much better to just say, I actually don't know, but I'll look that up for you. Yes, Um, or I don't know, let's work it out together. Yeah. That's my go-to line when I don't know. So yeah, I became very good at doing that. (laughs) Love it. Now, were you really nervous before placement? Because I know some people think, I've just started uni. I I barely know anything. They probably would feel a bit of imposter syndrome as well. Um, I'm I'm really scared. What did you feel? There was a little bit of that. Um, It felt like the clothes I was wearing were a little bit baggy. I felt like I looked more like a student than I did a teacher. At the same time, I'm the kind of person where I love like novelty. I love new things i love when like the history teacher brings in like a science experiment for us to do i like like building like a3 posters for class anything new fun is exciting to me so it kind of felt like walking into like a theme park my first day it was like nervous excitement but yeah definitely there is that sense of it's a new environment and i was a year 12 not that long ago and here i am all of a sudden 
back, but I'm supposed to be treated like an adult now. Luckily, the first year was the primary school, so I was a little bit older than those little kids. So that was a good introduction to it. Definitely. And do you feel supported in whether you're thrown into, say, observe straight away or get straight into the teaching? Um, It depends. Like, it's in first year, there's not really high expectations of you to jump straight into teaching. Um, A lot of the marking points for what your mentor teacher will mark you on are largely based more on observation in first year anyway, and your understanding of what they're doing in the classroom based on like discussions you have after the class. So if you don't feel super comfortable with teaching in first year, it's pretty much built into the marking scheme anyway. It's not a big deal. It does become more and more um, expected as you go through the years. But yeah, first year is not a huge deal if you're still a little bit nervous, which rightly so you've never taught before in a professional sense. Yep. Gotcha. And with placement, does the university help find and source placement? Or for example, if you had a previous connection with the school, are you allowed to say, Hey, can I, can I go to this school? So in my experience with fourth year, you're able to do, like you said, if you know a teacher and they fit your method, then you can go for it. Um, fourth year was the only time where that was really encouraged except for in special circumstances in previous years otherwise the university always finds it for you so first through third year you just leave it with them and a few months before your placement they'll give you all the details there's usually for every school that they have a placement organized with there's a special person whose job it is to facilitate your placement at that school and they usually come and visit you halfway through your placement too so they're on top of it you hardly ever have to actually you don't have to pick at all i've never picked a teacher it's always been picked for me okay cool i guess that takes off a little bit of pressure as well that it's all done for you yeah it's easy you don't need to stress cool and then are there any other ways that a student can gain placement or maybe classroom experience outside of uni yeah um i've done a few things i can talk about so one thing because of my ATAR and certain study scores that were quite high, um, I was approached by a number of companies who do like VCE revision lectures. Um, If you're in year 12 or year 11, you might have some experience with these or be looking to going to one. Basically you walk into this room and there's a lecturer and they have a PowerPoint and they'll go through different parts of the study design with you just to refresh you on stuff before a midterm exam or your end of year exam. So I do that for VCE media. Um, A lot of it was over Zoom last year, but nonetheless, it was really, really great hands-on teaching experience because you have to build the PowerPoint yourself and each lesson you get a little bit better at working off that PowerPoint and building off students and questions and things like that. So it's teaching just not how you would think of it exactly in a classroom, but teaching nonetheless. Um, What other stuff? Usually your teachers at your old high school will be more than happy to have you come in, even if it's just to observe as an unpaid... um, Volunteer. Volunteer, observer, whatever. Um, At my current... or At my old high school, even this morning I was there before I came here, I do like SAC supervision. So that's just sitting in the classroom. You basically get paid to sit and watch students complete their SACs, which is... uh, Sounds very fun. Yes, I get uni work done. I watch a movie. It's whatever. Um... And then I have a few other jobs at my old high school too. So if you are enrolled in an education degree, your teachers are usually more than happy to have you come and do something even if it's unpaid. And then lastly, I do a bit of aftercare at my old high school's primary school as well. 
recently they made it so that if you want a job in aftercare, you have to be enrolled in an education degree. So that basically means that all of the sudden there's a lot of openings in those kind of job positions because they had to unfortunately remove people who weren't currently enrolled or qualified in something like that. So you can do something like that as well. If you're enrolled in a primary education degree, that's pretty much your dream job. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Really good way to get your foot in the door. And you know what? It doesn't hurt to ask. Send an email. Hi, I was I went to your school or you taught me back in year 10 science. Do you have any opportunities where I could volunteer for a week or whatnot? Yeah. Definitely. Now, at university, are there any other subjects or opportunities to travel? And I know we're probably going to talk pre-COVID because yeah. I know now it's a little bit different. Um, or exchange. Was that something that you could do as part of your degree? Yeah, on both sides of my degree. So with arts, they have something called Global Immersion Guarantee at Monash or GIG. Um, I didn't do it, but I had a few friends who did, and I've only heard good things. Basically, they would send you off to a campus in Italy. Um, and you Is it in could... Prado? Yes, that's well, the one, the Prado there's, campus. There's been another girl that's come on here to talk about Prado as well. Very, very popular at Monash. Yeah, so you're guaranteed to be able to go if you're enrolled in arts. That's like part of the name, obviously. But um, yeah, you can complete units for credit points there. And it actually takes units off your following year of university study. And then you can actually do like, you can come home two weeks late and just tell Monash, I'm going to go country hopping around Europe. Um, I'll be home two weeks later. Could you help fund my flight back home? It's not going to be the one we organize. I'm going to push it back. So I had a friend who did like a road trip after Prado. That's really cool. So there's that. Um, And that's the arts one. With education, there were opportunities to do both rural placements and international placements. So I think international might be off the board for a little while, but rural placements are still definitely a thing. I just spoke to someone in one of my classes the other day who did three weeks before week one. Oh, cool. Um, so that's just, it's there can be in Mornington, in um, regional Victoria, places like that. And the schools are usually really, really lovely as well because they have these nice community schools that are very, very friendly and welcoming. Definitely. And you get a different experience with rural, regional students as opposed to metro students. Um, That can add to, say, your teaching expertise, let's Mm. say. Now, at uni, were you part of any student clubs or societies or had done much networking? How important is... I know this word networking comes up so much at uni. It's thrown around like crazy. Um, What's your experience? Um, So from first year, the only clubs I've really been involved in were the faculty clubs. Um, And even then I I went to a handful, in first year I did go to quite a few events to like, because you're 18 for the first time, you wanna go, oh, they've got an event in the city where you can do this, this and this, all my friends are going great, sorted. Um, I think the faculty clubs are a really good option, even if you're not keen on those super social events, because they run a lot of informative stuff as well. So I know with education, they run seminars about things like um, they'll do mock like job interviews. They'll give you seminars about what your next year at uni is going to be like. I went to a really good one where it told me what my fourth year was going to be like and what to expect. And uh, the university doesn't always release that information early. Usually we only hear about that stuff very close to when week one begins, but the fact or the club at least or society gave me a real like eye opener into what it would be like months and months before this was like November last year. So I think faculty clubs are really, really good for that. And they help you network with people who you're more than likely going to see in your classes because they belong to the same faculty or major minor, whatever as you. 
Absolutely. Definitely. Now, how about outside of uni life? Um, you did mention your contact hours are doable, but how did you find working casually or part-time outside of university? Yeah, so I work casually. I work at Officeworks. Um, one thing I can recommend for people listening is it's a job that works night hours, which I found really good. So it's two or three nights a week from from six o'clock towards midnight. Basically, what that means is I have the entire day to go to classes. I don't have to worry about my uni timetable. Sorry, my uni timetable being messed up because I know my work's going to be at night. Most of the time, it also frees up your weekend as well. If you're free to work weekends, then your job will probably be happy to have you. But if that's something that if you have weekend sport or commitments that you always do, then um, that can be a really great option. Um, so, yeah, I could highly recommend working at night. Otherwise, you know, uh, I have lots of friends who work part time casual more than part time, which sometimes stresses me out. But they manage to find a way. Um, yeah, I think it's quite common along or uni students, it's doable, yeah. Definitely. We should also talk about placement because I understand while it is 10 days, um, first, second year, I believe, do you have a block placement in fourth year where it's a bit longer? Yeah, it's going to be 60 days in total and it's split into blocks of 15, so three-week little segments. Okay. That's also good to note, um, especially if you are working, you want to be um, – in a job or talk to your manager to let them know, hey, I will be away for three weeks during the week um, and like be upfront and open and honest from the start because placement is something that you cannot get out of. You have to do it. And yeah, and it is every day of the week. Um, with fourth year, like with first year, if you had like a day like, oh, can I not come in Thursdays and I'll make them up and we'll do like a week off the back of that. It takes another week off your uni, but like it's doable. Fourth year, maybe not as much. You want to get it done because you've got commitments with your your assignment work when you get back. Um, yeah, it's hard to ask work for a full three weeks off three or four times a year, um, but that's what comes with the full-time course, I, I, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you mentioned this before. I wanted to bring it up about your honours year. For someone who has no idea, what on earth does honours mean? I am working it out as I go. <laughs> um, so honours is basically an extra accreditation that gets, well, not tagged onto the end of your, uh, it's more than, I guess, just something on the end of your certificate. It does appear on your graduation like certificate. Um, one way to describe it, I guess, would be somewhere in between a regular undergraduate degree and a master's. Yep. So not as much prestige as maybe a master's would grant you as like a full postgraduate thing but it is recognized as a step beyond the regular um, undergraduate completion. Cool. And there is that honors paper involved in it as well. It basically says you're well-versed in research methods as well. Ah, yes. So do you know what you're researching? Oh, so you get to pick pretty much anything under the banner of educational or teacher research. I'm still deciding mine. It's very early days. It's like week two of a full year but we are our first assignments coming up in week five i think where you have to write a little bit about some papers that inspire you towards your topic yeah i'm uh i'll get back to it's you. a work I'm in progress it, yeah yeah well i'm looking forward to finding out what exactly that may be and then i guess in 12 months time not so much 12 months in at the end of the second semester when you have produced that paper what your findings will be yeah 
Uh, I'm interested too. (laughs) Now, near the end of your degree, what are the next steps? Of course, you can become a teacher, but where else can you take your Bachelor of Arts and teaching? Um, So the most common thing I know of besides full-time teaching is CRT work. So that's casual relief teaching. Basically, if you ever had a substitute teacher in uh, any of your high school experience, they were doing CRT work. Um, From what I know of that line of work, it's a ridiculously high pay rate for a casual position because of the experience that you have to have behind you. So if you're a CRT worker, you've got that going for you. Not a full supplement for a full-time teaching contract, but it's definitely up there and a very valid option for people who are still looking for work. And you build full-on school experience while you're doing that. And you go to a bunch of different schools. If you can network with teachers while you're there, you're putting your feet in many doors, I guess. Definitely. Uh, That's the main one I know of. Cool. Yeah, and you know what? A lot of people do casual relief teaching before they jump into full-time work as a kind of try before you buy where they um, become a like sub teacher at different schools and they pick the school that really resonates with them. Yeah. Cool. Now, have you ever considered doing more study after uni? So maybe would you ever think of going back and doing a PhD in something? Yeah, it's like a toss up even now looking at um, the postgraduate, like the master's program that Monash offers, for instance, because I have the undergraduate teaching behind me, it would only take me a year instead of two years as far as I understand, at least. Um, Basically, the plan that I've got in my head now, we'll see, it might be open to change, is if I get to the end of this year and I don't have any job opportunities lined up for me and I'm not sure what this future sort of looks like, there's plenty of time to enroll in a master's program at that point. But I kind of want to leave myself the chance to pick up a job right at the end of this year because I am super keen to get into a classroom. So that's kind of the um, what's going to make it or break it for me for doing further study. But I am really interested in it. Like, I'd be open to do it even a few years later. Definitely. You know what? You have options. So you can decide last minute anyway. Yeah. Um, what would be your ideal uh, job, classroom? So um, type of school, year level, learning area? It's hard to say, honestly. Um, I think for a lot of people, it's easy to say like they want to be in like a nice school um somewhere with like really high achieving kids for instance um i'd like to experience that within my career at some point but coming from the public school that i went to in second year i realized it's kind of important throughout your career to see a bunch of different schools so people ask me for instance would you like to go teach at your old where you went to year 12 so that was a very nice little private school tucked away in a little corner of melbourne um very pleasant environment and that's all well and good but it doesn't expose you to everything you could see as a professional teacher so yeah i'm not sure what my ideal first job looks like um i wouldn't want to go straight into year 12 is all i could say maybe maybe start with like the year sevens and work my way up something like that and now we're going to move on and i ask all my guests this to rate five out of five so i'm going to give some topics and just rate it out of five five being spectacular incredible one being not so good so how would you rate the quality of you know the teachers the academics um the teachers at your uni okay i'm gonna say five for a lot of things heads up because i'm like very easy to please person and maybe it's gonna be bad when i become like a marking for teacher like like marking as a teacher (laughs) because i'm not a harsh marker but I'm going to say five, especially for the Faculty of Education people at Monash. 
some of them are so, so knowledgeable, it blows my mind. They've done their own research. They've written all the textbooks that I read when I was in high oh school. Oh my goodness. Like a majority of them. So um, that's science textbook, psych stuff, history stuff. I recognize all their names and they show me the textbook. Oh yeah, I read that. So they've really filled the faculty with a lot of knowledgeable people. And when you go into class and ask them a question, it really shows in their response. So I'm going to go a five just for that. Love it. Um, what about the workload? Now, five could mean overloaded. I mean, sorry. No, five can mean... Is five like cruisy? Cruisy, like... yep. And then one is overloaded. Okay. Um, for me, I'm going to say a four, but I suppose it depends on um, a student and their ability to self-manage and self-assess and things like that. Like we talked about earlier, uni is very student-focused and self-directed. So... For me, I'm someone that's very organized and I can manage all of those sort of things. But if you're not as well versed in that kind of self-direction, it's a skill that you might have to build. So I'm going to say four for me, but it's going to be different for everybody. Cool. And what about the social life of your course? Oh, um, there's definitely options there. Um, so I'm going to, hmm, what do I even put? It's like, how social am I? And I can give it a number. So I'm going to say like, a four again, but you could definitely max that out to a five depending on how many people you want to meet. Um, one thing I didn't mention with clubs and societies earlier, if you're a first year, so I have friends that run like the faculty of education. I know some other people in student politics and things like that. They are super, super keen to have first years in their clubs. The prerogative pretty much any, any faculty club at Monash or at any other university is to fill it with as many first years as they can and carry them through to the end of their degree. They want you if you want to send them a message on Facebook or anything like that, they're almost guaranteed to respond because they really want you there. So the social life and the events and stuff that come with it are yours for the taking pretty much because they want to fill it. Um, there are some genuinely lovely people who run those committees and clubs and societies. They just want you to have a good time. So it can be a five, it can be a six, whatever you want to do with it. Absolutely. And campus facilities. So how comfortable were you sitting in the library or the classroom or you know eating at your favorite takeaway food or restaurant i don't know about other places but monash is like always building something there's always like <laughs> construction in the middle of the road somewhere they're always building new buildings renovations for things just before i got there we built the learning and teaching building which is specific to the faculty of education which is great for me because it's really facilitated my degree um it is a lovely campus there's plenty of uh study spaces restaurants uh, the parking fees in this one spot for students just went way down to like $2 for the whole day. So <gasps> that is unheard of. They've kind of, yeah, well, you're at Uni Melbourne in this yeah, city, that's, so that's it's terrible. not going to happen. <laughs> um, but that's kind of won me over for this week at least. So somewhere between a four and a five, I guess. Again, it's one of the leading universities in the state, I guess. So you'd expect that the infrastructure kind of reflects that. 100%. And lastly, how well does your course prepare you for your career? Do you feel, feel there? Do you feel prepared to go away and become a teacher now? Um, I think coming into this year, I can see where all of the theory that we learned in first, second and third year is coming together. So for the first couple of years, it felt kind of iffy because we're doing so much theory work. And I don't know if you feel this way as well, but just tell me exactly what to do when I get in the classroom. Give me some practical examples. Let's just like mock teach or something. There wasn't as much of that as I thought there would be. I kind of had to wait it out until fourth year and I can see it coming together and why they did it the way they did. Yep. Looking back, I still would have liked some more 
um, practical knowledge, I guess, things that I only got from placement. But I really can't fault the way that they've planned it long term for people who stick it out and see what it means to have all that theory working away in your brain for you in fourth year. Absolutely. That's good to Did know. Did I give a number? I don't know. Whatever. Oh, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't even realize. We just went on a rant. <laughs> now, I ask everyone this. What's something you wish you knew when you were in year 11 or year 12? Yeah, this is one question um, that I've been thinking about quite a bit. Um, hard to put into words, I guess. But as a little bit of a backstory, when I was in year 12 or all through high school, um, I was happy at school. I didn't have any sort of uh, major emotional things happen throughout so in terms of my mental health, I was pretty oblivious to the whole idea of what um, properly looking after your mental health looked like because it kind of just took care of itself. And then, as you know, when you get thrown into university, not just the way of learning, but your entire life becomes something different. You're more of an adult. You have a job, you have a car, you uh, manage yourself in all these different ways. It's very, very different from school. So having been someone that was never really bothered by mental health problems, I got to sort of second or third year and for whatever reason, things just sort of hit me like a truck. Um, so yeah, one thing I wish I kind of knew in year 12 was even if you're in an okay state, it's such a valuable skill to have to know what positive mental health kind of looks like. So yeah, there's probably boys like specifically boys, I would say out there like me who don't think much of it, but yeah, it's such a valuable resource and there's so many like millions and millions of things you can look at on the internet that can support you in what does that look like your teachers you probably have someone at your school who's dedicated to well-being or something like that i would say look into it even if you're in a good spot because i'm not going to say you're not going to have sad times in your life but it's something that's really important to know something i learned probably a little bit too or later than i would have liked looking back absolutely and like you said there are so many resources out there or even people that you can reach out for support or mentorship it's good to know where those things are in your 11 and 12 definitely yeah for sure well Stefan, that concludes our chat i've loved it it actually went so fast i guess maybe because i'm a teacher i yeah, can relate to everything cool. um loved it thank you so 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 much one thing i wanted to ask i haven't asked this previously cool. but if anyone has any questions and wants to reach out to you, where can they find you? I can give you details that you can put like, um, I won't read them out, but if I can give you the details yes. and you can publish them with wherever you put this podcast and yep. wherever people are listening. Love it. Yeah. I'll pop it in the show notes. So if you do have questions about teaching, about arts, Monash, even life, feel free to message Stefan. He'd be happy to help you out. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. That's cool. Thanks for that. If you like this episode or have any more questions, head over to our Instagram at the dot student space now there is a full stop between the and student and just remember this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not provide any personal advice thank you for all your support everyone see you later